This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Team you hate playing against? Yeah, uh, I guess fucking auto, I guess. <laughs> We're a team. Are you tired of spending hundreds of dollars to represent your favorite player in your favorite sport? Are you looking for a cheaper alternative while still getting a good quality product? Our friends at Customized Sports are here to help. With a wide selection of jersey kits available for purchase, they have the kit that fits your needs. Looking to make that Red Blacks jersey you have an Arbuckle jersey? Well, now you can. Simply visit CustomizedSports.com to find what you need. Thank you, Customized Sports, for sponsoring us. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Centurion Overtaking Podcast. On today's episode, we will be reviewing and redrafting the 2010 NHL Draft. But before we get into that, we have some Ottawa Senators news to talk about a little bit. We, If you haven't heard, Ottawa has recently signed... Uh, K Russian defenseman Artenim Zub out of the KHL to a one-year ELC deal. We're hoping that he can be a Mark Mathot kind of player, being a defensive stud, being able to produce a little bit. But he had 22 points last year. I've heard, I've seen some people being like, oh, he can't be a defensive defenseman since he was fifth in league scoring. There's not a lot of scoring in the KHL. Some of these, like, you can be a league score winner at, like, 52 points. So... You know, he can, he can score, he can produce a little bit, but I'm not, you shouldn't be expecting him to. I think he'll be, hopefully he'll slot in with Shabbat at the top pair, but that's obviously not going to be found out till next season. And that's probably the major uh, pairing that we're going to see for most of the offseason, at least early in the offseason, to see if they can work together and mesh well. They're around the same age, so hopefully that helps. But it's going to be interesting to see. With that being said, we'll jump right into the draft, and I know for once that you guys, there's going to be some picks, especially early on, that you guys might not agree with, and I think if that's the case, obviously let me know on Twitter. I'm up for discussion. This is just my opinion on what the team might have needed, uh, how they've played out. Obviously, this is 2020 high sight, so there will be some differences in what you and I think are uh, appropriate, so please let me know. I'm all ears. I want to hear what you guys say. So, we're going to start off at number one with the Edmonton Oilers originally selecting Taylor Hall, the first overall pick. It wasn't much success in Edmonton. Ended up being traded to New Jersey, and now he's in Arizona, and who knows where he's going to go after that. I think, in my opinion, I have Taylor Hall um, dropping in this, but Tyler Sagan goes first overall, uh, originally picked second overall by Boston, Edmonton needed a number one center. Uh, I never agreed with the Taylor Hall pick, even at the time. I thought Sagan should have been the one. I've always said that number one center over winger, especially when you need a center. That's kind of my my philosophy on how to draft when you're 1-2 and you have a center and a winger. If you need a center, draft a center. If you need a winger, draft a winger. Edmonton needed a center, and they drafted a winger. I don't understand it. But in this, I think Tyler Sagan would have turned into the franchise player that he is with Dallas. He would have been able to bring some stability down the middle, help guys 
later on, he would have been a vocal point. Even if they, you know, let's say they get, did get Conor McDavid. That's a one great, and Dreisaitl. Great one, two punch. You have Dreisaitl, Sagan, uh, McDavid. That's great. You add in Nugent Hopkins. If you keep everything the same, that's fantastic. I think that's a great, a, a great starting point for, for Edmonton. So going on to number two, we have Tyler Sagan going to the Boston Bruins second overall. This one, it's a bit of a stretch. I know a lot of people might not agree with it, but in the redraft, I have Cam Fowler originally selected 12th overall by the Anaheim Ducks, jumping all the way up to number two. And the reason for it is defensive Boston's defensive core wasn't the greatest nor the youngest. I definitely think that adding Cam Fowler to that mix, even for that following year when they went to the Cup and beyond, would have been great and beneficial to that team. I think... They would have got more use out of him than they did with Seguin. I like this pick. I think he'd be selling the roster. He would be a cornerstone for that defense. You add him with guys like McAvoy, Carlo, Krug, it's going to be nasty. I think that defense would have just been one of the best the NHL has ever seen, um, especially at this time of the of their careers. So I have Fowler from jumping from 12 to 1 going to Boston. Number three, we have the Florida Panthers. They don't draft very well. You'll know. You'll find that out when you do these. Uh, we have Eric Goodbranson, selected third overall originally. He played. He's played over 500 games, so he's had a respectable career. Uh, he was a defensive defenseman. I don't understand why people thought he would just become a Norris Trophy offensive defenseman. Never made sense to me. But we have Vladimir Tarasenko, originally selected in the first round, uh, 19th overall by St. or 16th overall by St. Louis. This would just, it's a no-brainer. Tarasenko can change the game. He can score from anywhere on the ice. Power play specialist. He can play on your penalty kill. He would have taken that Florida team to another level. I think this is a great, this would have been an absolute dominant of a pick. He would have been lighting it up. Probably would have been able to make the playoffs with him a little bit more, especially right now with a team that only has Hoffman, Barkov, and Huberto really as their goal scorers. I like this pick. I think it works out for well for the team and the player. So, I have Tarasenko at three, going to Florida. At number four, we have Ryan Johansson, fourth overall to the Columbus Blue Jackets. As everyone knows, he ended up being swapped out, traded to Nashville for Seth Jones a couple years later. So I used that knowledge, and I used it in this redraft because they still needed defense even when they picked Johansson. I agree they did need a number one center. Johansson was the best available player, so I have no issue with that. But with that knowledge, I think Justin Falk, right-handed shot, would have been the absolute perfect pick for Columbus in this spot. You could There wasn't really any other centers available outside of Johansson, but I think Falk would have been a bigger piece for the Blue Jackets than Johansson was. Uh, Falk was originally selected second round, 37th overall by the Carolina Hurricanes. He jumps up to number four in this redraft. I understand my, some of you might think I'm crazy for it, but right-handed shot defenseman, he's had a really good career. I think this would have been perfect for Columbus and for Falk. It would have worked. You add him in with a core that they already have going on, would be great. Moving on to number five, where Nito Niederreiter goes to the Islanders. This is where Hall's fall from number one goes. He drops down to five, and this is the perfect situation for both the Islanders and Hall. He gets to go in, play with Tavares, be a number one guy, power play guy, getting set up by Tavares. You're going to see success from the Islanders just because of that. 
you might see a better attitude, things might be different, but you're definitely going to see more success from the Islanders with a duo of Hall and Tavares, and maybe Tavares doesn't leave for Toronto in the offseason when he's a, a UFA eligible. So, I think this is a great pick. I don't need to talk much about it. Hall would have been a dynamic force for the uh, the Islanders. Him and Tavares would have just lit up the league. It would have been great to see. Number six, and I think people forget that Tampa was the bottom of this for a while. Uh, they chose Brent Connolly uh, at six overall. This one, I think some fans are going to, especially Suns fans, are going to be annoyed with. I have Mark Stone going up to six to Tampa. Uh, you know, he was originally second in the sixth round, 178th overall by Ottawa. Again, this is another pick that you use hindsight 2020 with the player he's turned into. Uh, a top line of Kucherov, uh, Stone, and Stamkos would have been killer. You wouldn't have been able to stop it. That's a that's its cup at least once, and probably two, three times. That's a dynasty right there. Uh, he's smart defensively, smart offensively. Would have been a great pairing to mark with Stamkos at this time. So I have Stone going sixth to the Tampa Bay Lightning in this redraft. At number seven, I like this pick a lot. I thought it was great at the time. I think, you know, it was still great. It was just an unfortunate event. We have... Carolina Hurricanes selecting Jeff Skinner in the original, in the real draft. And I've kept it that way. I have Jeff Skinner seventh overall just because I thought it was a great draft. It was a great pick. It just, unfortunately, with the way management, ownership, all that stuff, it soured it. Same reason why Stahl left. I just thought it was, it was a good pick. It was a solid pick. It was just an unfortunate circumstance. So I would have kept with it. He was great when he played. Unfortunately, dealt with some injuries early in his career, but was still a solid force. I think he showed reasons why he was the seventh overall pick plenty of times in Carolina. So I'm sticking with it. I know some people might disagree, but I think it was a great pick. It was a great addition to this team. So Jeff Skinner staying at seven from Carolina. Number eight, we have Atlanta Thrashers, eighth overall, taking Alexander Vermistrov. And if you don't remember that name, I don't blame you. He was not memorable. He had... Not very good of a career. He bounced around for a little bit. He's been in the cage all the last couple of years. Had a reports of an attitude problem. So, and this is again where I can't, this is another kind of off the board uh, pick. But I have Jason Zucker uh, originally selected in the second round, 59th overall by Minnesota, slotting in at number eight. And he just would have been that great power forward that I think at the time of this draft you needed to win. He would have given them an offensive edge, a physical edge, would have slotted in in their top six easily. So, and he would have, and thinking about the fact that he they transitioned in the year after the year before, uh, the year after that to Winnipeg, he would have slotted in perfectly with that Winnipeg team, Blake Wheeler, Shifley, all of that. He would have fit in perfectly. It would have been interesting to see him on the other side of that central battle. So I have uh, Zucker at eight going to the Atlanta Thrashers. Uh, and talking about Minnesota, they are up next at number nine, where they took Mikhail Granlund. And this wasn't a bad pick at the time. I still, I don't think it's a bad pick to begin with. Obviously, they've moved on from him. They moved him to Nashville for Kevin Fiala. But he he never became what I think they wanted him to become. And that was like a, a power forward kind of player. So I have them taking Jaden Swartz, 
Uh, originally selected in the 14th overall by St. Louis. So unfortunately, St. Louis lost both their picks. So, I mean, that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I've James Swartz. He's physical. He's dominated in the paint. He will get to those dirty areas. Would have complimented any of the players, you know, considering who's on the roster now, who would have com- contemplate, uh, complimented guys like Parise and uh, Koivu and Stahl perfectly. I think this would have been a great fit. So I have Schwartz jumping all the way up to number nine from 14th to land in Minnesota. Number 10. <laughs> this one I kind of laughed at when the Ranger when I saw who the Rangers picked because I didn't actually believe it because I didn't think the I, I've never even heard of this guy. Uh, I don't, he's barely played any games in the NHL. I have Dylan McGrath. Um, he was picked 10th overall. He was a defensive end. They only play like a handful of games. Um, at the in this pick, I have them picking Ryan Johansson. They needed a center. They, I mean, up until Zabanaja, there was very a lot of doubts. Obviously, they had some players, but nothing that screamed legitimate number one center. Getting Ryan Johansson at ten would have been a steal at that point. I think this would have been a great fit. They would have fit in well. He would have been able to grow with that team and you would have seen even if they didn't make that trade and this is all based off of everything that's happened where the teams still end up with the same rosters so so to speak um if you put Ryan Johansson and Mika Zibanejad one two that's a solid trade that's a solid one two duo they're they're battling for a cup in that tough tough metro division so with that being said we are done the top 10 (laughs) which is Honestly, I, I think is still a solid top 10. A lot of teams get what they need. Uh, going in at number 11, we have the Dallas Stars picking goaltender Jake Campbell. And I've always said goaltenders in the first round should not be a thing. This is why. Jake Campbell has turned into a solid backup, probably a tandem goalie. I don't see him being an NHL starter. They expected him to be with guys who were picked later, and especially in that first round too. Kind of makes your head scratch. But I have Tyler Toffoli going in. He was originally selected in the second round, 47th overall by the Los Angeles Kings. He slots in at number 11 to Dallas. And he would have been, at the time of this, Ben, Jimmy Ben was still playing center. He hasn't, he didn't trans- transition to wing. So if you put, you know, and I believe they still have James Neal at this time and Louis Erickson. Um, and I think that would have just, you would have slotted him into your top six. It would have been great. Probably would have played with Ben. They they would complement each other. They're both physical players. I think this would have worked out for Dallas better than Campbell did. Would have given you probably a 20 to 5 to 30 goal score in Toffoli on a consistent basis. And then obviously you add in the fact that Ben goes over to left wing. You did bring in Sigain. Yeah, it would have been nice. But obviously, you know, there are certain things that can't go as planned. But I think Tyler Toffoli going to Dallas would have been the best thing and so now we're at now we're at number 12 um anaheim who lost their original pick to cam fowler going number two to boston and this one i have them taking another defenseman because they still needed a defenseman and i have them taking erica branson number 12 he was originally third by florida the reason why i have it is he's played over 500 games he's had a respectable career he would have been a solid uh shut down defenseman in Anaheim without the worry of, oh, he's a like a top five pick and all the pressure of that. He would have gone to a smaller market where no one really pays attention. I think this would have been great, 
would have been a solid fit for Goodbranson and Anaheim at the time. So I have Goodbranson going number 12, dropping from third to Anaheim. Number 13, again, this is, uh, I've, I've heard of him. Um, not much of an NHL player. 13th overall, the Phoenix Coyotes pick Brandon Gormley. I, I, I've never heard of him. I know he's still playing in the AHL, I believe. But I have them taking Kevin Hayes, who was originally selected in the first round, uh, 24th overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, <laughs> this one is interesting because he did walk out, walk away from the Blackhawks, went to the Rangers, never actually played a game for the Blackhawks because he went the NCAA route. Do I think that would have happened with Phoenix? Probably. But if not, they would have got a, a better player. I think he would have been a great addition to the Phoenix, Arizona team at the time. Obviously, you know, he walked away from the Blackhawks. I wonder if he regrets it. Probably could have won a cup. But that's besides the point. Uh, this one, I think he would have got a physical upright, uh, physical big hitter player who would have battled in the corners would have been able to make plays happen and open up the ice for people. So, and I mean, at number 13, that's not a bad risk. I mean, obviously he's a college player at the time, but I think they could have been able to persuade him a little bit to stay. So I have Kevin Hayes going uh, 13th to Phoenix. So now we're on to 14. St. Louis, we both know that they've lost both their picks in this uh, in this redraft in Tarasenko and Schwartz. So I have them going after a similar guy. Um, probably not a big fan of if you're an Ottawa, Toronto, Boston fan, but we have Brendan Gallagher, originally selected fifth overall, 147 by Montreal. He fits the same profile that Swartz fits, offensively kind of gritty, can battle in the corners fast, annoying. I think this works out perfect for St. Louis. They get that kind of player, big impact player, top six. And I think this... You know, looking back on it, this would be considered a steal at number five or in the fifth round, just like how Stone was in the sixth round. And I think he would have, you know, slotted in, even if they don't, like he would have filled that role perfectly that Swartz had since he's no, he wasn't drafted. Uh, <laughs> so at 15, we have the Los Angeles Kings originally selecting Derek Forbert. Uh, he's in Calgary now, I believe. He got traded during the deadline in 2020. But I have them picking a center to kind of go with Anze Kopitar since they never really had they, they never really had that true number two center. Even and this was before they won the cups, and I think he would have slotted in uh, probably before their their actual cup wins. And Evgeny Kuznetsov uh, originally selected in the 26th overall. By Washington, he moves up to 15th. Some people might argue to have him higher. I think this fits in perfectly for both the, for LA. Uh, he would have slotted in in their top six, second line center. Would have been most likely part of at least one of those cup teams. And, you know, I think it would have helped transition from the Kopitar era to a new younger era. I have Knetsov, Knetsov at number 15 for Los Angeles. So we're 15 picks in. We are halfway through this redraft. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to run through uh, 16 through 30. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey guys, do you have a plain jersey that you don't know what to do with? Well, Customized Sports has you covered. 
with a wide range of jersey kits to cover all jerseys, you can be rocking your favorite player or even a customized name in no time. Check them out on CustomizedSports.com and for a limited time, use promo code Centurion10 to get 10% off your order. Again, guys, check them out at CustomizedSports.com and use promo code Centurion10 to get 10% off your order. Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you for sticking through that quick uh, commercial break and thank you Customized Sports for sponsoring us. So when we before we left, we ended up at 15 where Derek Forber uh, was originally selected 15th overall. We put Knets off there uh, instead. So we're on to 16th and of course Tarasenko, originally selected by St. Louis, has been selected third by Florida in this redraft. So we are taking Nito Niederreiter. Um, he drops all the way from fifth to sixteenth, and I and people are like, "Oh, that's still like a little bit early." I don't think so, considering the the situation that he's going to. He's going to a very good situation, uh, a situation where the team, you know, this wasn't their pick, so they're not going to rush this player. He will have to. He will have a chance to develop and turn into a solid, probably a two way player. I don't see him being like a, a full score. He probably wouldn't fit the Tarasenko mold that he would have been. But I still think that this would have been a solid pick at 16, a very low-risk, high-reward pick. He probably still would have been a top-nine player. Uh, and I just I think this, uh, for the need that St. Louis had, this is a safe pick, and it works out for both the player and the team in their development. So Colorado's up next at 17. Uh, this guy I've never heard of. He's played a handful of games. Uh, Joey Hishan, I believe is how you pronounce it. So with this one, I kind of wanted to stick with the fact that, like, they were kind of all scrambled. They didn't really have a, a perfect need or a perfect desire. 17th, I kind of just went for probably the best player available that fit their need. So I went with uh, Jesper Fast, sixth, overall, uh, sixth round, 157th overall by the Rangers. The reason why I went there was I figured he just he fit the the brand of hockey that the Colorado Avalanche were were displaying at the time where he was gritty he was in the corner he was battling he would have been a penalty kill player and one of those picks where like at seventeen you're you're looking for a solid NHL uh, player who can contribute on a nightly basis and fast fits the bill perfectly I think this would have been your best the best player available for Colorado's needs. Uh, on to number eight or 18, uh, Nashville Predators select uh, Austin Watson, who, uh, you know, it's a good pick, just not ideal. I, I think they could have done better, and I have them picking someone who's actually currently on their roster. Um, I have Michael Granlund dropping from ninth overall from Minnesota. Obviously, you know, he's more of a bottom six in Nashville at this time, he probably would have been able to give him a shot at a top six. I still think he would have fit the mold fine at the time. I think it would have been a perfect situation for him again, and he would have been given a chance to grow and develop into a solid NHL player. Not a lot of pressure for a 18th overall pick compared to a ninth overall pick. So I like Granlin going to Nashville. 18th overall. 19th overall, another Florida pick. This one, very much like Carolina. I have Nick Nick Bustad, was originally selected 19th. I have Nick Bustad 
staying in care in Florida. I the reason why is even though he was traded to Pittsburgh, he was serviceable. He was a very solid and consistent NHL contributor for Florida. Comparing who they could have got, there there are players that I think are a little bit ahead of him. Just based off Florida's need, I think this was the best pick available for Florida. I know you might disagree. Oh, he shouldn't even be a first-round pick anymore. I understand that. Personally, I think that this fits relatively well for for what Florida needs. Um, at number 20, though, we get into Pittsburgh. They selected Bo Bennett. And he hasn't really been much of an NHL player. With that being said, we take Charlie Coyle uh, at 20th, going up from 28 from San Jose. This would have been a great depth player for a team like Pittsburgh that has always needed that young, speedy player to kind of fill in under the cap because they're always looking to win. Uh, he would have been a right, especially now. He would have been a great addition to this kind of Pittsburgh team. So I have Charlie Coyle jumping eight spots to 20th to replace Bo Bennett in Pittsburgh. Uh, moving on to 21, we have Riley Shahan in Detroit, uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, and I I never agreed with it. I thought it was a little bit of an off-board pick. Uh, we have Mark, Michael Furland out of fifth round, one, 133rd overall to Calgary, slotting in at 21 in, in this new draft. He would have slotted in perfectly. Uh, probably would have needed a year or two in the minors to kind of bring his game up. But once he hit that NHL uh, NHL level, he would have slotted in as a power play guy. Probably would have been playing 15 to 20 minutes a night on your top six. Could have had him with Zetterberg, Datsuk, whoever. And he would have been able to produce. So, Ferland going from fifth round to first round. That's a very good jump. Uh, moving on to who number 22. And that is... Uh, Jared Tenorti out of Montreal, uh, drafted by Montreal, it's a 22nd overall. I have them, with Gallagher being off the board, I have them taking a similar kind of guy in Brian Rust, who was originally selected in the third round, 80th overall by Pittsburgh. He would have filled in greatly as your another top six player. He is physical, will, is willing to battle in the boards, penalty kill, power play. He'll get, He'll do what you need to do, just like Gallagher has. I think that's a great replacement, better than Tenorti ever was. Especially, I mean, we, I get it, they needed defense, but Russ would have given you a top six edge that you've needed. And I think this would have, in long, short term and long term, Russ is probably the better pick in this. So I have Russ jumping from the third round to the first round to, to Montreal. Uh, at 23rd, uh, we have the Buffalo Sabres, who replaced, uh, who drafted Mike Pizik. Uh, and he he's actually had a relatively decent career. I just I was looking at who who the remaining teams were. I wasn't really so he he drops out of the first round. Um, surprisingly, I just I wasn't overly thrilled with his career compared to you know what teams needed. But I have uh, Peter Mrazek going to Buffalo. Buffalo has always needed a goaltender. They've struggled with their goaltending. Uh, Peter Mrazek jumping from the fifth round, 141 from Detroit, going down to 120, or going from the first round to 23rd to Buffalo, would have given him a legitimate number one goaltender. Um, obviously, he would have needed a couple of years. Uh, probably would have went. Obviously, would have went back down to Ottawa 
played for the 67s, would have probably needed a year or two in Rochester, but would have turned into a franchise starting goaltender. Uh, probably by the end, like by the last year of his ELC, you'd probably see him being Buffalo's starter. And they wouldn't have needed to go through Leonard and uh, now Hudden and whatnot. They would have just had Mrazek. Uh, moving on to number 23, we have the Chicago Blackhawks selecting Kevin Hayes. As we know, he was picked a little bit earlier in the draft, so I kind of replaced him with the same kind of player in a way that another college-bound player, and that was Zach Hyman. And I think Zach Hyman is actually a better selection here because he would have fit what Chicago was doing in terms of speed and toughness where they were starting to build on the speed and toughness of... Uh, players and I think this would have worked out perfectly for Zach Hyman because he's that kind of player. Uh, he he'll play on the penalty kill, he'll play on the power play, he will do whatever you need him to do to, for them to win. So I think this pick, and I mean you probably wouldn't have been able to get him out of college and on your roster sooner, and he probably wouldn't have left Florida. He was originally selected fifth in the fifth round, one twenty third by Florida, and then moving on to Florida, uh, the twenty fifth pick, uh, they pick. Uh, Quinton Howden, and I have them picking Brock Nelson. Uh, he was the first-round pick by the Islanders, 30th overall. I think this one is a no-brainer. You you pick a, a hard hitter in Bukestad. Brock Nelson is, is another hard hitter. He's a power forward, uh, willing to throw his body around. Would have been a perfect, uh, a perfect hit on this. You have three first-round picks. You know, you get your score. You get your two, you know, bruisers. This, I think, would have been a perfect fit for for Florida. Um, so I have Nelson going at 25. At 26, we have the Washington Capitals and Kudetsov, who at 26 looks like a steal, kind of like Pasternak at 24 a couple of years later. But Kudetsov is obviously gone. Um, I have them picking someone that, who's actually currently on the roster, and that's Brett Connolly, who was originally selected sixth overall by Tampa. Um, the reason why I have this is because he does fit their style of play. He is a, he could be, you know, looking back in his career, he probably could have turned into a top six forward in, uh, in Washington playing with guys like Ovechkin and Backstrom and whatnot would have slotted in. Well, he would have been your power play penalty kill specialist as a late round pick. You wouldn't have had to need to rush him, probably send him back to junior. There's not a lot of pressure. So I like this pick. Obviously, he's on there now, and he's doing pretty well. But I think this would have turned his career – like his, his career would have been totally different um, if he was drafted by Washington instead of being drafted by Tampa. Uh, and then we move on to 27th, so we're almost done. I know this is tiring. I know you guys are probably done with my voice. But we have the Phoenix Coyotes again picking 27th. They picked Mark Vizantine, uh, uh, goaltender. And I have them picking another goaltender, and Washington loses out on a goaltender. Um, I have them picking, picking uh, Philip Grubauer. At a, he was a fourth-round selection, 112, from Washington. You know, Phoenix has, has struggled with goaltending. Um, Grubauer would have been the perfect guy to, to slot in as a starter. Obviously, Washington was a lot more patient than what Phoenix probably could have been. But I think this would have solved... Their problems, he would probably still be their starter now. I think this is a great pick at 27th for, for a team that needed a goaltender and actually selected a goaltender originally. 
number uh, again another this is one is another one where uh we at 28 we have the san jose sharks they picked charlie coyle 28th this one i have them again another guy that played for them uh in Jonas donskoy he was a fourth round pick uh 99th by uh, you guessed it florida <laughs> i think this would have been a great pick i mean he he ended up there anyways but he would have been a solid I would have said middle six player. Not he's a penalty killer. You could give him power play time. He was a key contributor during their playoff years while he was there. I think this at number twenty-eight, it's a solid pick. He would have turned into a serviceable NHLer. He would have fit them perfectly, obviously, since he's been there. So I have Donskoy at twenty-eight. At number twenty-nine, I have Emerson Eden. Uh, originally selected by Anaheim at 29 in the redraft, I took uh, Joachim Nordstrom. Uh, he was a third round pick out of Chicago, 90th overall. He, his style of play would have been suitable for her, for Anaheim, a guy that they weren't, they didn't need to slot in right away. Could have put him in in the minors, let him grow without much of a worry. Would have been a a solid player for them. So I have Nordstrom going at 29. And the final pick, and this one was a little bit difficult because I tried figuring out what the Islanders needed. You know, they got their, their star winger in Taylor Hall earlier in the round, so they're sitting at 30th. I have them picking Marcus Sorensen, uh, fourth, uh, fourth round pick, 106 by Ottawa. And the reason is, is that they originally picked Brock Nelson, and I figured giving them someone who played a similar style, uh, rough nose in the corners, willing to lay the body, penalty kill play, penalty kill guy who can play on the power play if need be. And I figured out of everyone who's who's been a respectable NHL player, Sorensen is probably the best pick in this situation. They wouldn't need to rush him; they'd allow him to kind of just grow and you know develop. And I think this overall would have been the best pick for the Islanders, considering who was available and how they turned out. So that was my redo of the 2010 draft. And I know I did a lot of talking, and I thank you guys for for sticking through it. Uh, That'll be all for today's episode. Thankfully, I know you guys are tired of my voice. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed making it. It was fun to do. We will most likely be doing the 2014 draft uh, next week, unless there's something else going on. Um, But let me know what your draft is, what you thought. I obviously know there's some players that you, some people may think I over put or under put. So let me know. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Sensturian92, Shane underscore Ryan97. You can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. We, uh, uh, we're thankful for you guys listening again. I with the draft kind of possibly earlier in June now. I, there's reports that it could be announced sometime this week. Uh, keep me updated. Talk to me. Let me know. I'm I love talking to people about this stuff. So I uh, hope you guys have a great one. Stay safe. Uh, keep practicing social distancing. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys have a safe and keep busy during this time. Hopefully we'll have some more news to talk about next week. Thank you guys for listening. See you later.